guys, welcome back to Feedback Loop. I'm Joey. And I'm Jeremy. And this week, we're listening to an album that I picked called Gossamer. It's by Passion Pit, and I like it, and I hope Jeremy does. <laughs> Are you worried that I will not like it? I feel like you'll probably at least like like it a little bit. So yeah, I mean, so... you said you like music that you've heard by him before. So. Yeah, so I did say that. And oh I, shit! I I listened to this for the first time. I'm like, this is nothing like what I've heard. What the fuck is this? And I went back through my uh, my likes on my on my YouTube music, which I usually like things on my Discovery Mix when I find them. So it's kind of easy to keep track of. But uh, <laughs> there's a band called Peach Pit that I was thinking of, not oh. Passion Pit. Totally okay. different band. Yeah, completely uh, different band. <laughs> totally different sound. So I was very confused as to, to what the fuck was going on. But uh, so that's my bad. I, I guess I'm going to add a Peach Pit album to the list just so I can listen. I don't know if you've listened to Peach Pit, but. I've listened to Peach Pit through Alyssa, I think, but not okay. like anything. I'm not doing so, any deep dives or anything. I might, so. I might throw an album on our list just so I get to experience it <laughs> again. And it'll be kind of a. Not, I don't want to say redemption, but like kind of what? like a redemption. Do you not like this album, Jeremy? Just from like from from my expectations, oh, I okay. guess. Because I was expecting this to be it, and this is not it. <laughs> well, look out, Peach Pit fans, for a future episode. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know the the title of any of your albums, but uh, we'll, we'll figure one out maybe. Also, as a, a side note, before we get into this. Uh, it's storming where I live and where Sir Joseph lives. So if one of our powers goes off and the the podcast goes silent for a second, I guess, we'll probably just take a break and come back and then piece it together with maybe some waiting music between. So uh, apologies in advance if that happens. Yeah. So there might be some weird edits, but, you know, it's fine. You're not even listening anyways. I don't it's know true. who we're talking to. <laughs> We're talking to, I don't, I don't know. We're I was talking say to Ableton or but, whatever, yeah. the editing software. <laughs> Fuck it, man. Anyways, so yeah, Passion Pit, Gossamer, that's what we did this week. That's what we're we're talking about now. Yeah, I mean, and after that fucking bomb you dropped on me, man, I think I just needed to like get up <laughs> out of here, take a walk. like. <laughs> yeah, catch catch your breath, figure, yeah. figure some shit out. Take a walk is track number one. Boom. We're in it. He did the boom. It's always a B, man. Always yeah. a boom. A bada bing bang. It just feels bomb. good. Feels I think it's a boom. I think it's because I Isn't have kind of like, like self masturbatory. If you make a segue and then like <laughs> praise yourself for doing so. I mean, yeah, but <laughs> who else is going to do it? <laughs> Anyways, take a walk. So yeah, totally caught me off guard. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I didn't write my notes the first time I listened to it. So there's not a lot of like, what the fuck is this? This is not that bad. <laughs> this is, I did make a note though. It was peach pit, not passion pit. Um, but yeah, so this song starts with some like nice flutes and some organs and some xylophones that kind of give a floaty vibe. Those instruments, I think, are key in this album, and they're yeah. used a lot throughout, which is kind of cool. And then it kind of quickly rises into synth town, is what I wrote, with some <laughs> kind of big percussive hits. It's got some clean guitar noodling in the background for texture, which sounds cool. The vocals come in, they're slightly like distorted and fuzzy, uh, I guess, but that's that's just their aesthetic, I suppose, yeah. for it. Um, the pre-chorus kind of gives a very like kind of serious feeling to me. Like it kind of like dampens down what you're hearing, what you're feeling. And you feel like you're about to hear something of like great import. And then the chorus comes in and it's sweet and it's simple and there's not a lot to it. And this isn't really my thing. Oh, oh, (laughs) he says. (laughs) It's, it's not my typical thing. I don't have any complaints about it, but it's not a, it's not what I was expecting. Obviously. Um, and B, it's not really like the kind of music that I typically enjoy. Cause it, I mean, it reminds me, you mentioned, uh, foster the people last yeah. week, that kind of thing. And like MGMT and stuff, which I I'm okay. I, I like some of MGMT's bigger hits, but I've not like listened to them and I don't generally get exposed to that kind of music, I guess yeah. often enough. So this isn't really my, my typical bag, but it's not bad. I don't, I don't have any complaints with it. It was just kind of foreign and and kind of like navigating figuring out what i feel about the genre more than figuring out how i feel specifically about this album i guess which is so there's a little bit of a damper i suppose on my notes kind of just at least for the music 
just talking about the genre as a whole more so than the songs individually yeah this is very much an album i'd say of like that era of like indie music for sure and while you may not have any complaints i have maybe my first complaint of this oh my gosh are you like (laughs) are you shitting on your own album this week joey (laughs) (laughs) so this has never been really i mean this was the song off of this album i'd say like it's Mm -hmm. the big one it was on like a Taco Bell commercial. It's like everywhere. And it's, it's a fine song, but whenever back, whenever this album came out and I first started listening to it, I listened to this pretty close after it came out. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I really only listened to it on like car speakers when I was driving. I wasn't really like a, like listen to good quality music with headphones and like soak it all in type of person back then. Yeah. And I never really kind of paid attention to like mixing and stuff. This song in particular, not really, it's not really indicative of the rest of the album. This song in particular, I think that the mixing is not good. Interesting. It's like, so the music, it gets like blastingly loud with the stabs randomly in the chorus. That kind of sounds out (laughs) of place. And speaking of out of place, the very first took a walk at the end of each like pre-chorus, there's like a backing voice that's off and it's just like took a walk <laughs> like behind it. and i'm just like i wasn't expecting it and i was just like what like i like the music i like the bright music i like some like of the distorted guitars that he brings in like i like a lot of the synthy parts the xylophone that you were talking about all that's fine it's just some of the mixing choices i feel yeah. like certain things are too loud and certain things like that took a walk do not need to be there <laughs> that's interesting i i didn't call any of that out like it, it wasn't really like a thought in my mind again because i i wasn't specifically analyzing this album and this artist and, and these tracks as much as like the general feels about indie electronica music kind of stuff mm-hmm. i guess so i i definitely didn't notice any of those as like red flags it was just kind of like okay that's part of it because it's it's indie and a lot yeah. of the music you like and that we've listened to su- such as like nana grizzle and stuff it's not it's not uh it's not mixed well it's not like the highest fidelity recordings and stuff <laughs> yeah so i was just like okay it's, it's it's whatever that's part of it there was just something that got and it's not anything else on the album like this is the only song it's just that... not how you remembered it and it caught yeah. you off guard yeah and it's like this song specifically which may be because i never really had any sort of deep like connection to this song too much mm-hmm. uh i mean i like the subject matter of the song uh and before we get any further passion pit is one guy so i say I'm, okay i'm like it's just one dude michael angel angelicos i think is how you say his name i'm pretty sure he's like greek or from the, like that area uh yeah maybe so his I, ancestors were yeah he, he is not he is not he is the, defi- so, the song made me find that out <laughs> yeah this this song is uh pretty much about how he was born over here but his his previous generations were not but i like the subject matter of this song it's about like kind of generational family i guess work from like in coming from an immigrant family yeah like several generations back i mean uh it talks about i guess a previous specifically the men who are earning the money i think is kind of the more the way he goes with it because it's talking about like i guess the first generation maybe grandparent great-grandparent coming over and yeah selling flowers outside of penn station just to make a living to bring his wife over to bring his family over and then uh kind of that family scattering throughout and then another the next generation after that kind of uh that that guy's like more of a businessman he's working on maybe like wall street working with money and kind of like chasing that capitalist dream the american dream and it's failing for him because he's i guess made some he talks about making bad investments like accounts are being overdrawn pension funds are gone and I guess something went on with his job that it's starting to fail him. And then he comes back with the, the line uh, about you see, I'm no criminal or we talk talking about inviting over the neighbors 
kind of just to have like a cookout, like keep up appearances, like wanting to look like you're the perfect put together American family. Yeah. They're talking about, we can rip apart the socialists and all their damn taxes. You see, I'm no criminal. I'm just, I'm down on both bad knees and I'm just too much a coward to admit when I'm in need. Like even when he's hurting financially and everything's bad, you still got to keep up those appearances to look like you're chasing the American dream, but it's, the dream is crushing you. So the, this that spot on interpretation of the song, I really enjoy that kind of like walking through the generations that got him here. The chorus, however, is, is he just says, "I took I took a walk, take yeah. a walk," kind of thing. So I wasn't certain. I felt like he was either feeling burdened by all of the struggles of past generations, and he needs to take a walk to clear his mind of that. Or, kind of a more interesting take, I think, is that he's he's kind of already out walking around the city and he's seeing kind of like signs of prior eras of America and just kind of like trying to imagine the history and trying to reflect on the kind of thing because of what he's seeing in the city. Yeah. He's already walking around. I mean, I definitely like he's talked about it in uh, interviews and stuff and but I mean, like he lives, I think he lives on the East Coast, like New York. I don't know if he lives specifically in New York, but just kind of that area where there was a lot right. of the Northeast. Yeah, like that gener- a lot of generational, like first generation, second generation, like immigrants from other countries, like European, I guess, and uh, coming here to live the American dream to get. And you can see a lot of that. I'm like. I, yeah. I don't, I've never been there. I don't know. But just like from the way <laughs> but it's But you can see it from, yeah, from I can his see lyrics. It. Yeah. You're inside his just brain. Walking around, kind of seeing that that impact. And that's something that I've always thought about. Like they say the American dream and stuff. And I'm just like, man, there's got to be so many people that get over here. And they're just fucking disappointed. <laughs> <laughs> like, Yeah. And it's like, there's America. No- it sucks yeah. here just like it sucks everywhere. And I know that that's i don't know like it's a it's, privileged perspective yeah but to think that somebody would come here to a country to a develop to pick this developed country i guess to come mm-hmm. to is where i'm like they got to be disappointed because you hear yeah. about like developed countries in europe and stuff with like good infrastructure good healthcare, <laughs> good good job we, we have capitalism and greed exactly and that's kind of what the song is about like the capitalism that people equate with the american dream is what's going to crush you because unless you're unless you're super lucky or at the top already like you're not really going not going anywhere (laughs) you may be able to live a a pretty fine okay normal life but you're not gonna it's no dream i mean it's nothing that you couldn't get like anywhere else anywhere else from i guess a more developed country i mean you could definitely like move out of like a terrible war-torn country and you you want to get a better life but it's not like the bright lights big city type shit that you see all the time yeah i, I don't know if i'll ever like be able to to call myself a millionaire or have capitalistic success within america i mean maybe if this podcast takes off Ooh, you know we're, we're we're but regardless i think i'll be all right right yeah i mean i got i got a normal job I, and, I, I pay for my house i pay for my car you know yeah and as long as you're all right like we're, we're just gonna be fine just coasting listening to track number two titled i'll be all right nailed it nailed it <laughs> this one starts with a ton of energy yeah and it it's got a lot of like percussion and synth loops and layers and it kind of like hits uh some of i, I guess it's the melodies or an instrumentation of it kind of reminds me a bit of like m83 Mm-hmm. which uh i haven't listened to a ton of m83 but i've obviously heard the bigger hits and i've, I've listened to them to some extent uh so that's kind of cool I, th- I feel like m83 is a bit outside of this typical genre in yeah. my mind anyway uh so i think i was kind of more prone to to like him because of that comparison um it's much more of like a rock song i guess than the prior track and i i it's it just kind of like i don't know it, it was an interesting change I suppose it's very energetic and happy sounding, which at a base level isn't really like, well, I feel like we've talked about this before. Isn't really musically what I tend to enjoy. Very like major key upbeat and just kind of like floaty, which a lot of this album is. And I think a lot of the genre is, 
at least from a musical standpoint and maybe that's why i'm kind of tentative about liking it but uh yeah i don't know there's there's a cool breakdown that trims out a lot of the noise and has like a much chiller vibe that i really enjoy but i don't i don't know if that like sells me on the overall sound of it yeah uh it is very like bright and happy and upbeat sounding and as much as that's not what i would usually listen to it i kind of like the aesthetic that they get with uh these happy bright sounding songs with yeah kind of more depressing or heavier subject like matter whenever they sing like whatever the lyrics are about is usually kind of like i mean your typical example foster the people pumped up kicks it sounds like a a fine whatever song and it's about like school shooting issues in america and that's what like i feel like that's kind of what a lot of this album is and i think that's what maybe why i'm drawn to it is because i don't typically see a point in happy songs but that's not to necessarily say i don't like the actual music and happy songs it's just like i can't relate with a lot of the subject matter and then maybe this is like the this is the tie-in where it's like right. okay i can i can kind of relate to the subject matter but they still have happy sounding songs and i feel like that is a very common theme with like indie music that was released around this time it was released in 2012 for all you people out there wondering but uh yeah this one there's so many people listening and wondering when this album was released maybe one day maybe one day (laughs) in like two years somebody's gonna stumble upon like 150 of our episodes and be like holy shit two years if you're listening to to this episode in 2023 leave a comment yeah and if if you can talking to you buddy (laughs) i mean like i don't know where the world's gonna be like maybe we'll be in some apocalypse shit oh my god all these years we're gonna be in apocalypse dude there's who knows man (laughs) (laughs) it's a pretty extreme take for two years no day by the the state of the things now i think we're we're okay are we are we okay are we are we ever okay we're not in immediate danger of a fucking looming apocalypse that i'm aware of i mean there's like record-breaking temperatures all over the world today but society's not gonna crumble because of it (laughs) you say that come back we'll see hey if you're if you're listening to this in two years and there's some form of commenting or notification let us know the state of the world i guess we'll we'll be living in it but i'm gonna go set a reminder in our discord server remind me two years years. check the apocalypse state (laughs) (laughs) yeah anyways like you were saying about the lyrics kind of being a bit heavier than the tone of the song uh, i noted that immediately and it's the first thing i said in a song that sounds so happy the lyrics mostly aren't it's kind of a, a song at least what i got is about him questioning reality and if he's actually been happy and if his partner has actually been happy and the questioning kind of like turns towards this like self-destructive behavior where he's like losing friends and loved ones and then kind of realizing that without those people to help guide him he's just kind of like aimlessly stagnating in life and the music kind of balances that manic high which is like i was talking about the energetic happy music uh and then the illusion kind of shatters in that bridge section and it's a bit more chill and and subdued so the lyrics kind of mirror the the tone of the music which is is nice i still i still don't fully like it but i respect it oh well there we go all we need is respect yeah this pct there we go find out what it means to me and uh (laughs) And also, Mr. Michael. Mr. Michael? I don't know. I don't know what the fuck that was. But, uh, Mr. Michael, <laughs> yeah, Mr. Michael we... Angelicos. Uh, but yeah, he's... So he's kind of struggled with mental illness. Not kind of. He he definitely has struggled with mental illness. <laughs> I mean, that, that's a kind of struggle, right? Yeah, I guess that's true. <laughs> it is one kind of struggle. Uh, and also, like, alcoholism, kind of just yeah. general drug abuse. I don't think he's, like super i think it's more alcoholism than drug abuse but i don't i don't know his life that's just kind of the tone i get off of this album wait you're not first name friends with with michael angelico so you just I, called him mr michael i know and i should be friends with this guy because later there's later songs that are about like self-destructive friends so yeah but we'll, we'll get like there you. we'll get there but <laughs> okay. this yeah this one is uh totally about kind of him being in a relationship who he was with 
uh, his fiance at the time. I, it seems they're no longer together uh, as kind of illustrated in this album reasons why, but he's just not in a good place mentally. He's talking about the fact that he wants, he seems to want to get better, but he can't. And he understands the struggle that that puts on his partner at the time. Like it's kind of wanting her to get out while she can, but also he doesn't need her. Yeah. He doesn't really, really want that, but he's like, I love, I I want what's best for you. And what's best for you is not me. Yes. Which is very self-destructive and not at all a great way to be thinking about anything. (laughs) Yeah. Like it's, I can understand the thought, but it's it's like, I know that he's, I'm sure he was trying to get better in any way that he could, but it's like, just, he can, it's self-improvement. And I know it's harder than it's, it sounds, but I don't know, like just wanting other people to get away from you who obviously love you is usually not the best course of action, but sometimes they get carried away with emotions. Exactly. Just like track number three, carried away. <laughs> Just a laugh that time. There was yeah, no there, go, that one didn't start with B. Boom, ba, boom, boom, boom. <laughs> Just a chortle to yourself. This one, very synthy again. It's not nearly as energetic and manic as the prior track. The verses are pretty minimal musically, and it's just like a beat and some keys for the chord progression. And then there's some backing vocals, which I really love the backing vocals on this album. There's a lot of like oohs and ahs kind of floating around from a female vocalist some female vocalists i think who knows um, but but yeah <laughs> the the chorus gets a bit bigger with what i would call the typical sound of the genre mm-hmm. is, is what i've kind of established at least throughout the course of listening to this album and whatever i'd heard prior um there's a cool synth solo after the chorus i don't really like the synth bass sound that they use in the song but it's got a good groove i just don't like the the instrument choice i suppose for it but yeah all of the backing vocals layered in i just i really really enjoy it well hell yeah because i like the backing vocals too it's it's nice the oohs and ahs they're very they're very good kind of that layered uh background ambience yeah i guess like soul to them yeah and uh one thing that i like about this song because it starts with like a i don't know a high synth that almost sounds like a theremin and yeah i like the bass line in this song and i mean a lot of the other songs on the album but it can get a little like i don't know i I like the melody i like the groove of it i just don't like the the sound they used for it i will say there are some things that whenever i was listening to this album on headphones and not on a car stereo i was like eh yeah (laughs) maybe it wasn't the best but like the general music and like orchestration of it i like it's just Maybe some of the sounds I'm just like, I don't know. Like, I I feel like I hear that sound a lot and it's not (laughs) the best. Yeah, that's kind of my experience with this this whole like album and and the genre is it's very it. it, I don't want to sell Mr. Michael short, but it it, it feels very much like you said at the beginning. It's very much of the time. And yeah, there's a lot of music that sounds very similar to this. And so it's kind of hard for me to make this stand out, I suppose, from that. Yeah. But lyrically, once again, it's, uh, I don't know. It's not, I've never really been able to pinpoint kind of what this song is about. I've always seen it as like the people who change who they are around other people to the detriment of their like actual friends, kind of like people who change faces and, kind of will turn on other people just depending on what crowd they're with but there's also a verse about like education in here so i'm not a hundred percent sure yeah this one i kind of like i i started writing out what i what i was getting from the song because i couldn't piece it together either and so i were like the first verse is talking about going from wealth to being poor the second verse is about someone else trying to make a point but it's not really clear what that point is the chorus is like apologizing him apologizing for saying things that he regrets saying and then the bridge is just kind of like who cares we all have problems so after having written that out i kind of like was able to back into what i think is maybe a a take on it i suppose <laughs> but it seemed like it was kind of a story of him losing wealth i don't know if he did the character of the story i suppose losing wealth 
and then meeting new people because he's no longer in those circles anymore the wealthy circles maybe maybe this is kind of just him being destructive of his life and it's not even actually about wealth but because he's been drinking cutting out people he's losing you know life wealth i suppose uh but then he meets new people who he doesn't really like understand and he kind of has a chip on his shoulder because he came from a better place so he's kind of inadvertently hurting them by not really considering their perspective on things and that's kind of like when he's talking about someone else trying to make a point, they're like trying to get through to him. They're like, Hey, you came from this place. That place is not where we are now. And things are different down here in the gritty world. Kind of a thing. Yeah. I mean, that is that as good a guess as any, because it does seem to be a consistent like theme on the album. Yeah. Of him kind of just being off in his own drunken state kind of unaware of his surroundings or the people around him and his effect on them. Yeah. Which, he's, uh, he's constantly having conversations with himself and with other people and, and kind of analyzing how those conversations, I guess, take hold and, and what they mean to him. Yeah. And then he's just singing this song to himself called constant conversations, which is also track number four on the <laughs> album. <laughs> the setup and the, the dunk. Boom! Is swish. That, is that the yeah, the swish. Yeah. You don't swish on a dunk, though, right? I I mean, it goes through the net. Like we're not sports people. People. So. What? <laughs> <laughs> this one immediately uh, has a different vibe uh, than the rest of the the track so far. It's much more like subdued and, and groovy to me. So I, I kind of like it. It doesn't have a ton of sense. It has kind of like an older soul or R and B kind of feel to it. Um, it has the there's one staple in this genre that really bothers me. And it's been <laughs> on a couple songs thus far. It's on this one. And it's the chorus being like group sung. Whereas, okay. Yeah. Where it, it sounds like there's just like 10 people singing it. And I don't know. I don't really know why it bothers me as much as it does. It's not specific to this band. It's not even really specific to the genre, but just like it feels kind of artificially setting up your live performances i guess in a way mm -hmm. to like have the crowd sing with you in some way which isn't a bad thing i i, I guess but there's something about it that really bothers me kind of like the end of that metric album the last yes song, where it was like exactly artificially setting up like an arena song i totally yeah. get that because there's like so many and i mean even the indie songs around this era that were just like the stomp and clap type stuff yeah. where it, it's like you can tell they're they just brought it like a bunch of people out of the street to sing the chorus or just layer their own vocals because they're right. like yeah people are going to be screaming this from the back rows whenever we play this at, at fucking coachella or wherever we're gonna be. <laughs> <laughs> which yeah. i mean cool like that's a fun concert experience but yeah hearing it on an album is kind of it's like huh yeah maybe that's, that's what it is maybe it's just like because i'm not experiencing it live it feels forced and, and kind of like cringy and i guess it, in that way and it kind of is forced because it's definitely forced they had to make the make the choice to, to do that <laughs> that's true but speaking of stomp and clap there's kind of that in the song with the beat it's since it's a little bit slower that's kind of how i feel the beat it's like a little bit of a stomp clap not like the mumford and sons type thing that yeah they're talking like you would normally associate with that but it's uh I don't know. It's got that feel, I guess. I feel like I called that out on a later track, but now I'm looking through my notes and I don't, I don't see it. So maybe, maybe this was the one, but there, there's definitely some of that, like that boom clap kind of thing going on. Yeah. It's uh got like a heavily modulated voice coming in over the music at like kind of as a melody, I guess a little sample type thing intro. And that comes back later in the song, but the music, it, yeah, it's not too big. It's not a lot like there is on other tracks on the album. It's kind of just like a subdued song, but it's still got the heavier uh, lyrical content, I guess. Yeah, it's, and it's it's kind of the most straightforward lyrically so far, I think, mm -hmm. where it's, it's clearly about him kind of being a drunken asshole all the time yeah. and kind of analyzing how that affects his lover who just wants him to chill the fuck out and stop drinking. Yeah, and just, like, it's kind of written from the perspective of him when he's drunk and somebody else, like, trying to confront him to be like, hey, you have a problem. 
Yeah. And we need like this needs to stop. And it's just kind of because through the song, he kind of like exudes this. I don't know if it's confidence or just like lack of caring where he's talking. Like it's I get the idea of like a really drunken like uncle at a party or something yeah. that people are trying to be like, look, this is a Christmas party. You need to like sit down. There are children here like and that the, they're just like, ah, whatever. Let me tell you this story about like and they just go on on this. Right. Like, they kind of ramble. Yeah, and they suck you into their world, and it's like, it's tough enough confronting a sober person about an issue, but <laughs> confronting a drunk person about an issue is just a completely different deal. Yeah. I definitely get that vibe. It's, it's like looking into some sort of mirrored scene and seeing a reflection of, of the person that you would normally be talking to, and instead you just have this weird warped reflection. Yeah, and I mean, I'm sure he felt that way whenever he wrote track number five, Mirrored Sea fucking killing it tonight Joey. dude you you're killing it man <laughs> <laughs> this one it's kind of like the opposite of the subdued sound from the previous track it starts off with a wall of like glassy synth it's it's not super loud but it's there's a lot of sound i guess and uh mirrored sea i i think is a good kind of descriptor for not only the lyrics but like the sound of the song because it it gets it gets back to a more dancey so- sound i guess there's that glassy synthy sound and then there's like some cool filtered synth sounds kind of behind the second verse and most of the rest of the song has kind of that big sound pushing it forward Mm -hmm. i feel like i said sound like 20 fucking times (laughs) do you like the sound of the word sound i like the sound of the word sound it sounds like sand and sand is next to the sea oh my god and also you said you described it as being glassy sounding and sand makes glass so it's just layers. It's just a big fucking it's like Shrek again. <laughs> <laughs> Are we doing a weekly Sh- Shrek reference? Shrek reference. Metalocalypse is out. Shrek is in. <laughs> Shrek is in. Go go watch Metalocalypse. And Metalocalypse Shrek. is not out. But yeah, I, I really like the sound of this song as well. You kind of described it very well. It almost had some like Porter Robinson's Worlds vibes uh, that I was pulling in, which uh, made me like it more. I mean, that's just bias, but yeah. And but Porter Robinson's of, good. Go listen to Porter Robinson. <laughs> Go listen to Porter Robinson. We're just going to start <laughs> listing recommendations every every week. That's all it is. But yeah, it's got some cool like uh, spaced out bridge with like some vocoder vocals, which just a cherry on top of the already pretty cool sounding song, I think. Mwah. Chef's kiss. The chef is a kiss. <laughs> Lyrically, I wasn't so sure about this one either, um, but I kind of thought that it was about how mistakes you make are easily forgotten for better and for worse. Uh, but you still kind of dwell on them. And then I was like, well, in the context of the album, maybe he's just trying to justify all the mistakes that he's made while drunk. And he's kind of mocking the people trying to call him out on it being like, eh, whatever, everyone's made fucking mistakes. Why should I be crucified for mine? Kind of a thing. Yeah. That's kind of what I got. And it's like the, I see it as like the mirrored sea is all of his reflect or all of his uh kind of mistakes can, like being added like extra mirrors in the sea and they're all being reflected back at him and he's being forced to look at more and more of them as he makes more but he's just kind of trying to wade his way through it like there yeah. the, the waves are haunting him but he's trying to not He's starting to see more and more of the consequences of his actions. Yeah, but he's just trying to live his life as he's been living it and not have to deal with it, I guess. Yeah, he doesn't but, want to drown in the sea and end up crying like a ghost at night, yeah. wailing like some sort of banshee. Yeah. Oh my god. Fucking Every time I hear the word ghost, kids see ghosts. Go listen to kids see ghosts. <laughs> Another wreck. That's a fresh wreck. We haven't recommended them before, I don't think. Yeah, because, I mean, you should. It's fucking Kid Cudi and, and Kanye yeah. and fucking, what, Tyga's on there? Is that, is that no, not Tyga. Pusha uh, T. Pusha T. Who's, who's the other guy? Who's oh, the other guy? I don't remember. Starts there's, with a T. There's a lot of cool, cool music on that album. It's Good. not Tyga, though, so well, sorry about that, Tyga. We'll figure it out. Maybe. It doesn't matter. It's not here. Track number six is Cry Like a Ghost. Uh, this one, it starts off with kind of a wavy sound. And as I was listening to it, I was thinking, hmm, maybe this had some sort of influence on me ending up liking that like 80s style of music. Just yeah, maybe not necessarily just because of this song, but like I feel like there were 
this is kind of the beginning of it. Like the style of music could have had something to do with it. I don't know. Maybe that's just me putting more weight on this than it needs to have. But once I that, feel, f- I feel like I, I don't want to totally interrupt you. I, nah, I, nah. I'm looking at my notes and they're kind of matching up to what you said either in the prior, on, I think it was on constant conversation. So I don't know if it's just some weird, like audio, like uh, serendipity, I suppose that we <laughs> both had the same thoughts on different songs or if one of our notes got shifted, but for crying like a ghost, I, I wrote down, it's got some spooky theremin sound <laughs> and it's got, this is the one that I said it has the, the kind of boom clap beat to it. Yeah. So maybe those are just general like passion pit things that are flowing so. through all of them. And we just happen to catch on to them at different points in the album. But that kind of like tripped me out for a second. Just like, wait a minute. I've heard my notes before and I didn't say them. <laughs> kind of a thing. Did he hack into my one note? <laughs> Yeah, I just yeah. copied your notes and just shifted them down. <laughs> <laughs> the ultimate insult. Uh, but yeah, it, it's kind of like, I mean, the song's called Cry Like a Ghost, so it's got some kind of like eerie vibes to it. It's got some like soft organs in the background that I really like. And then the chorus is a bit less of that and more of like the typical passion pit sound. Uh, and then it kind of ends with some some wind chimes and some scratching kind of synth sounds, which is kind of cool. Yeah, I, th- I think this is, um, I mean, it's a pretty cool song. Like it's got a nice feel to it and then there's just these kind of like wonky key hits that you would hear and like the the recreated 80s type feel that kind of give it that extra oomph and i also really like the chorus in this one i mean it just it vibes i'll I'll throw a vibe in there but uh (laughs) check (laughs) yeah vibe check we're gonna bring the vibe check back vibe check we're bringing all the stuff back we're throwing out some things (laughs) we're just mixing shit up here what are we throwing out uh the Metalocalypse wreck was no, that? We're not. We're not throwing oh. out Metalocalypse references. Okay, good because I love Metalocalypse. Go watch Metalocalypse. <laughs> <laughs> but this song is the one that I had referenced previously about a friend who doesn't. I guess maybe doesn't encourage destructive behavior, but they don't do anything to stop it, and maybe even engage in it with you. Like he's obviously at a bad point with like alcoholism, with his mental health, and. He he's talking about a friend who is kind of just in it and doesn't really try to stop him. And at the time when other people are telling you like things you don't want to hear, things you need to change, things like what you're doing isn't good for you and isn't good for the people around you. But like this other person isn't and you just kind of go with them no matter how it ends up hurting your mental and physical health and the people around you. Yeah, I can totally get that vibe. I I didn't really zero in on it as much as you did, but yeah, that that makes total sense for the kind of vague thoughts that I had on it. So, what were your vague thoughts? Um, Tell me your vague thoughts, I mean, Jerry. It's basi- basically the same thing, just not as specific. Where it's just like, <laughs> okay, he's, he's yet again talking about being a drunken mess and not really like thinking about the people that care for him and the people that are around him in general. I suppose. Yeah, it's definitely easy to get sucked up into that. Like, whenever you're, uh, you don't want to hear that you need to change the way you're living. And maybe you don't even feel like you need to change it. And it's hard to see when you're in it. But eventually, if you start to kind of pay attention to the voices around you, I mean, you'll be on your way to, to better mental health. I, I thought you were going to Segway Town, but I wasn't <laughs> sure. So I was trying to also think of a way to work it in. Track number seven is on my way. Boom. We got there. We we went to Segway Town and we came yeah, back. We, we came back with a fresh new bundle of Segways. <laughs> yeah, you guys thought we'd just been doing nothing this whole time, and yeah, we've been the whole week. We've just been studying the art of Segways. <laughs> <laughs> God damn it! This one has pretty stark difference in tone. Uh, it has it, it just like starts with some keys, and the singer is I, I guess Michael is Mr. Michael. Sorry, I didn't mean to, didn't mean to yeah, say Michael. Formal. Mr. Michael. Uh, is kind of singing in a high kind of falsetto voice uh, and it kind of almost feels like a typical like piano pop song kind of a thing at first uh, and then it builds for the chorus and has this big huge synthy like anthemic sound and a huge horn section and then it kind of resets for the next verse so it kind of like flows back and forth uh, I did notice there's some vocal samples that he kind of loops and they bounce around from left to right in, in the stereo mix which is kind of fun uh, just as a nice, like, weird texture thing going on in it. And the drums in this track 
had to call out the drums because they're they sound more acoustic and natural than a lot of like synth drums on this album which i'm obviously always down for yeah you drummer man you drummer boy was that your pum, favorite pum, pum, christmas pum, pum. <laughs> was that your favorite christmas song i do really like that one <laughs> it's a good song it is. there's a lot of fucking christmas songs that are just bangers man are we are we gonna do a christmas back loop <laughs> we should christmas back loop come in december whenever the closest <laughs> monday is to christmas <laughs> we'll maybe make that happen yeah maybe probably not but you know it's it's a fine idea but yeah. yeah this this one it's more of kind of a i don't know it's i guess it's more normal than other tracks is how i described it which like what does that even mean but <laughs> sometimes i read my notes and i'm like i write them as i'm listening to it so yeah. i think i don't <laughs> write down my full thought and i was like this one is it's more normal like what the- yeah i'm always reading my notes on as we're recording being just like rewording things and kind of like rewriting my notes as i'm doing it but it's yeah it's like whenever you try to read your own handwriting you're like i guess this is maybe <laughs> what i meant yeah or, or hearing yourself played back on like a recording it's yeah like, it's it's kind of me i guess <laughs> it's it's the me that existed in the past yes <laughs> but yeah it's i guess it's just more that there's not quite like the bigger wall of sound like there are in other songs and it's the music is a little bit quieter i do like the airy flute type of things that go on in the background that's pretty yeah. cool um lyrically this one is more about him trying to make up for his mistakes to said fiance like there's a lot Christina. of yeah, Christina. I don't. I don't know if that's actually her name or if he just thought it was a pretty name. I hope that's I, her name. I thought that it was just because it rhymed with ballerina, which is the that, first word in the song. That's kind of what I thought because I thought I read somewhere that she had a different name, but I don't know. I feel like it's kind of weird to write a song specifically for somebody <laughs> and ch- change the name unless well, that person has said like, "I don't want my name in the public eye" or something. Yeah. Yeah, but, I don't know. That is kind of weird. But, like, especially if you're in his position where he's like, I'm fucking a crazy drunk person and I'm trying to make up for all my mistakes, so I'm going to write a song for you. But, you know, I don't know. I don't know his life. I don't know her life. Like, why, who am I to judge? But there's <laughs> there's a lot of badness and inner demons that have kind of been talked about in other songs. So I guess he's this is his song that's like, I'm tr- I'm trying to get out of it. I'm on my way out of it. And I'm trying to be better for us. It's a good good message. Do yeah. that. Do that, Mr. Michael. Spoilers. Do I don't think I don't think he did it. Yeah. Yeah. It's I think they were I think they're no longer together, as I said previously. So <laughs> well well maybe he's just, you know, hanging out in some sort of hideaway waiting for the day that she'll come back to him after well, he's gotten this shit together. I must I, I hope by this point, almost ten years later, he's gotten his shit together. I hope so. Like and that's the thing that I've kind of thought about with this past year is like there's a lot of people who wrote music that I used to listen to that I'm like, I kind of tried to keep up with them. And I'm like, I hope you get better. I hope. And just, and people in general. And then like the crazy shit of like 2020 happened. And I'm like, man, that sucks. I hope like the Bo Burnham's uh, inside special made me think about that. That one where he said something about uh, like being away to help his mental health for several years, kind of taking time from comedy and then he was like, and I started to try to do a show in January 2020, and the funniest yeah. thing happened. And I'm like, fuck. Yeah. But, you know, that's neither here nor there. Just all you people out there. Another wreck. Yeah. Another wreck for sure. It will not make you feel good, but you definitely need to watch it. I mean, Bo feeling, bad, feeling bad feels good sometimes. Yes, definitely. I had to watch it like three times because I wanted to get that feel just all the time. But Track number eight is Hideaway. Yeah, you made an excellent segue, and then I just fucking stole it with another <laughs> we, wreck. So. We, we derail way too often, but the wrecks, the, the segues are there. Just listen back. We're, we're yeah. making them, I promise. Yeah. For sure. This is another one that I really like. I mean, I don't think I said anything about previously really liking it, but like, I, like, I really like converse, constant conversations. I really like carried away sometimes. I really like cry like a ghost, and I really like this song. And it opens with a very crackly sound that is, it's kind of almost like a radio breaking up or something. Mm-hmm. It's got this cool kind of like cutting out, kind of staticky almost. But then the full music comes in with like, 
I don't know. It's got this really, I guess, warbly sound in the background, fronted by some keys. I don't know how else to describe it, but yeah. it's it's. Listen to it, and you'll know what I'm talking about. How about New that? recommendation. Listen to Passion Pits Gossamer. <laughs> yeah. Listen to the album we're talking about currently. That's my recommendation. <laughs> but yeah, the music, it doesn't change up too much throughout this song. But I mean, it sound, it's good, so I don't need it to change up too much. Yeah, but before I break your heart and <gasps> talk about the goods, I really like the intro to this track. It's got, like you said, those kind of like scratchy, glitched out sounds and this like sea of synths echoing into the night and it kind of like musically i was picking up some themes maybe i was looking too far into it but it, it kind of felt like it was maybe a reprisal of on my way which is the track that just ended so it's kind of like a transitional period and then the song kind of starts and i i don't know it kind of <laughs> felt th- this more so than other tracks on this album felt kind of generic with like the piano and the bass line sounding so much like other songs that i had heard from the genre which is kind of a shame because how much i really like the intro um the chorus comes in it has some great vocal harmonies so i'm all about that it feels really great in stereo listening to this album with headphones is a a must do i think if you're listening to this album uh and then the bridge section kind of spaces out for some cool sounds but i just think the meat of the song is kind of like eh, for me no, it's cool, man. Don't don't worry about it. <laughs> just breaking my heart over here. That's what I do. That's what I do best. I just hurt the people that that are around me and that want to help me, and I just keep breaking them. Wow, it seems it's, very. It's self destruction, you know. Seems very on theme for this album. So and, yeah, it's fine. And, and this track is kind of more of the the self destruction out of fear of harming others. At least what I was getting, it felt like his only solution to stop hurting the people around is to cut them out and kind of seclude himself, whether that's emotionally or physically. And I maybe even noted that maybe the hideaway, his safe place is, is him just getting drunk again because it's, it's his happy place. It's the, the thing that he can always fall back to. Yeah. That's kind of, that's pretty much where I went. Like it's just kind of retreating in whatever way you can, which I mean is a theme that is more, I think in depth gone into in a, in a, a later track, but yeah, just kind of retreating a rejecting other people because you don't want to hurt them rather than yet again. I know it's easier said than done, but trying to uh, better yourself. Yeah. Better yourself, deal with your own stuff in whatever way you can. But so just go the fucking nuclear route and, chop it all out cut it all cut everything out and yes yeah. which i mean it's it sucks to do that but sometimes it is also kind of necessary yeah uh, just to kind of like give yourself space to to really focus on yourself it helps to cut out as many distractions as possible and even people that are trying to help you can sometimes be distractions from that yeah and i mean nobody truly knows exactly how you what type of help you need I mean, nobody's right. in your head. Sometimes you're the only one who can really do it. And even people that are trying to help can be counterproductive. Yeah, but sometimes they're overbearing. Yeah, usually it's... Usually, I guess it's never a good idea to just straight up cut people out of your life. for, Especially not for fear of hurting them. Right. Definitely like, not as a permanent solution yeah. to anything. And I, I, I don't think... I think there there should be some level of deception, I suppose, in keeping friends nearby just so you don't like hurt their feelings and make them go away permanently. But I, I don't think you should have more than like two veils to hide the, the face below to kind of... There shouldn't be that many layers between you and your friends. Maybe, yeah. maybe one, two is kind of pushing it. No more yeah. than two veils to hide my face, though. Yeah, and you know what? You got I just got the perfect song to go along with that segue because it's two veils to hide my face. Track number nine. Boom. Man, I was worried about that one. I don't know how you did it, dude. You pulled it out of nowhere. I told we went to Segway Town. I brought back a bushel of Segway. Just a whole bushel. <laughs> a whole bushel. This one's uh, just kind of a little uh, acapella interlude. Other thing. It's got lovely harmonies. Again, I don't know who the the backing vocalist is on this, but fantastic work. Yeah, it kind of reminded me of like a a less musically sound version of like I don't know Inya 
or something yeah. like one of those or Imogen Heap, one of those very vocal heavy artists who have brilliant, beautiful harmonies. And this one, it just sounds very nice, very pretty, nice vocal harmony. And I think I it's agree. just just a little interlude. Yeah, like you said about kind of how natural beauty I think can have an effect on our mood. And I don't know, just just sometimes getting outside and existing in the world around you. Maybe not even outside. Maybe just stare out a window or something. Be <laughs> adjacent to outside. Yeah, just like acknowledge that there is natural beauty and absorb what of it you can. Yeah, and, and yeah. I, I, I think that's... Uh, I'm going on a road trip soon, so hopefully I'll be doing a whole lot of that. That's kind of my, my intention is to kind of get away and, and disconnect from sitting in my office with no windows all day every day and not fucking doing anything so well i've been to your house and i know how uh crazy this sounds put a window in your office jeremy (laughs) (laughs) i mean i could but uh, that's 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 a discussion for not the podcast that's a discussion for a contractor (laughs) (laughs) exactly (laughs) but yeah lyrically the the same i picked up pretty much the same thing it's very like talking about how the weather and seasons can kind of sway your emotions for better and worse but usually usually better just going outside enjoying the weather 10 out of 10 yeah because i mean love of nature i guess is, is a pretty innate part of humans i mean just we existed outside for so long and now we're all cooped up inside and forced to i guess share that love of nature with love of inside love of technology love of other people which, I mean, I know we always loved other people, but it seems like in the modern day and age, lo- love is greed. You want to know what you can take from somebody else, and it's just, it's a, love is a greedy practice. I like that. Uh, anyways, to- totally unrelated. Track number 10, <laughs> Love is Greed. Boom! That was very long-winded, and I was like, he's going to get there. I, I couldn't. Know, I know think... he's doing it. He's, he's working on it. it <laughs> kind of had to form it in my head as I was going. Love this, is greed. This is another song that I am very fond of. I, yeah, I knew you would be. Ah, oh, fuck! I love this song. It's so it's, good. Yeah. So this one, like, it's got some some of those xylophone and some of the flutes and stuff from the beginning of the album. Some very like high lifting arpeggios and stuff like that. It's very very happy sounding, but not in the way that typically bothers me in this kind of music i suppose uh the chorus is kind of again uplifting and floaty and the whole song really just feels like i'm stepping into some sort of fairy tale town where everyone's just kind of happy all the time yeah it's like almost too happy which is like yeah it's like an almost unsettling amount of happy yeah because it starts off with it sounds like a music box or like a yeah like, I don't know, just very bright and night. It's like all these little, like, flutes, and you feel like you're walking into some sort of Disney forest or something. Yep. Don't copyright strike me, Disney, please. Don't, don't oh, no, we said Disney we forest. Said Disney. <laughs> but it's, yeah, and then it's just got kind of this stepping bass that sounds almost like a horn or something, and the music is just, like, it's almost too happy, and I think that goes along with kind of the message of the song. And I don't know if that's intentional or if he just thought it sounded cool, but that's kind of how I've always taken it. Uh, But yeah, it's got some cool strings in the background and it also ends slowly on some nice strings, which is, it's always nice to have a, have a nice little play out of a song. Yeah, I agree. And lyrically you, you were kind of tiptoeing around it with your segue a little (laughs) bit, I think, but uh, for me, I got more so that the song is about, the drawbacks of being in love where like people like to say that true love is selfless, but if you're completely selfless and loving someone else, then you're really just like super invested and kind of codependent. And when that relationship ends, then you're left with literally nothing. And you're actually in a worse state than when you started because you weren't spending any effort or time focusing on yourself. So like to want somebody else to love you is purely selfish and greedy because you don't want to feel alone, but there's also like, I don't know another, another layer of the greed and that like you you don't want to contribute to the other person's greed of your love I suppose which is kind of a, a very convoluted way to say that you should still also focus on yourself you need to love yourself before you can love someone else and that's greedy inherently I suppose but that's life 
Yeah, that's yeah, it is. It's I think a very I don't know, like I'm in a loving relationship. I I feel secure to say that and like, <laughs> like but it's true. Yeah. Like love and I will die on this hill. It is the time in your life to be selfish but that's an issue with at least with the way that love is presented like i'm not talking selfish as in like be an asshole yeah like be an asshole to your partner be like no what i want is what i want right now and whatever like but i mean you're you like you said if you're not happy and if you're not also making sure your own needs are met, then it's, I don't know, then you can't be a good partner to somebody else. But you also, like, it's love in, like, the romantic sense in movies and whatever. It's made out to be, like, this grand, selfless, you're in it entirely for the other person. And kind of this, I don't know, big made-up type shit. But then in real life, it's like... It can't be that because if it is like that, it doesn't work or you're not going to be happy. And if you're not happy, either the other person in the relationship is probably a shitty person that's walking all over you or they're not getting what they actually want or need out of the relationship. And yeah. it's, I don't know, it's tough. It's a and, balance of give and take, right? You gotta, yeah. you gotta figure out like, I mean, compromise <laughs> is really the, the solution to everything in relationships, right? Yeah. So like... It, and that that's in all aspects again it's it's you have to love yourself as well as your partner not just yeah. your partner i think i'm just very fond of songs that are critical of love because <laughs> song songs they just spent so long just building it up and it's like okay lo- yeah love is cool and it's great but, but like that's not that's not real yeah like it's it's a good feeling whenever it works but there's also a shit ton of work that goes into it. Like it's not, yeah. it's not just this like everything falls into place and you hold a boombox outside of a girl's window and she <laughs> runs out. She's like, "Wait, oh my is God. that why? Is that why I'm still single? I've gone to so many windows holding boomboxes and no girl has just thrown themselves at me. All I've been doing is collecting restraining orders this <laughs> exactly. whole time. Exactly, man. Maybe I should take a hint somewhere. I don't know. It's not my fault. I'm happy. To yeah, just be out and sharing the love that i have for these women <laughs> maybe if the song you were playing on your boombox was track number 11 then they would follow you home i guess oh you maybe. mean it's not my fault i'm happy yes because that's the name of this track in case that wasn't clear <laughs> it's yeah. not my fault i'm happy <laughs> indeed and so you how do you say it do you say it's not my fault i'm happy or it's not my fault i'm happy see because i think the... there's a distinction there there is a distinction, and I think I think the name is wrong. wrong. I think that the way it's written, because written with the comma, it sounds like, it's not my fault, I'm happy. Yeah. But in the song, he says it as like, hey, it's not my fault, I'm happy. Like, don't like, blame me for yeah. me being happy. Yeah, but maybe not. I don't know. Maybe I took it the wrong way. Who knows? I mean, I don't know. I think it could be argued either way, like saying it's not my fault i'm happy is kind of like excusing yourself well i don't know i don't know that's semantics i guess yeah not really relevant i suppose the the song has some like churchy organ and this kind of like gibberish vocal loop that i really like and it, the beat kind of starts building with some more like reverse sounding samples and some keys and it adds a synth bass and some more synths just there's layers and layers of synths on this one so many uh, synths the song has a feeling of like finality to it like it felt like this was the end of the story, but there's also yeah. another track after this one. So I was like, I don't know how that's going to resolve. <laughs> um, but yeah, the chorus doesn't really stand out to me. It kind of feels more of the same at this point. It's not bad. It's just great. Or it's just not great. It's just great. It's just great. It's just great. It is what it is at this point. I do like the overall feel of the track uh, and it has a nice stripped down bridge that doesn't do anything too crazy, but I like it. Yeah, I like the bridge mainly because it's like, I guess, the emotional climax of the song where, uh, like, lyrically, the song, to me, 
seems to be about his lifelong struggle with his mental health. He's said like that he's bipolar and I'm not gonna doubt him based off of the crazy shit that he's talked about on this album yeah, or just that I've read about it in interviews. But like, this is more kind of how I guess his family has handled it. Like felt like not getting the support that he's wanted. He wants to just kind of live his life take care of his mental health and like he's happy doing what he wants. And I guess in this song, it's like talking about how it feels like either that's not good enough or like the mistakes that have led him here, like have resulted in him being able to live a life where he's happy, but there's still past stuff to reckon with that people hold are holding against him. And if that's the case, like, yeah, but it's, I don't know. It's just like, it seems to me essentially like he's saying, I'm happy at this point. Like, I don't know what else to tell you. I'm living a life in which I feel like I'm doing what I need to be doing and I'm happy and I I enjoy it. And I don't know what you all want from me or what you're holding against me, I guess. Yeah, it kind of like I kind of got a similar vibe, and that he's kind of like reluctantly accepting that he's better off alone and focusing on himself, kind of thing, because that's the only way he knows that he can make himself happy instead yeah. of suffering through a relationship of of lows and stuff that he doesn't want to to deal with. So good for him, I say. If he as long as he's happy, it's okay. I mean, I guess there's a, an asterisk there. As long as he's happy and not harming someone else, yeah, then, then good for him, kind of a thing. So. Yeah. Just be happy, live, man. Live your life, man. Like we said, I hope you're uh, doing fine now, or at least as fine as you can be doing. So yeah. hopefully hopefully you found where you belong. That's really what I want. Yeah, hopefully we all find where we belong. Yeah. I'm glad you took it there, because track 12 is called Where We Belong, Not Where You Belong, okay. and it wouldn't have been a proper segue was, had I left it. That's, yeah, fine. Yeah, you fine. you set me up to fix it, and that's fine. There we go. There we go. That's usually that's my life. I just it, it was. I make broken things for other people to fix. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this one, man. So the last song kind of had that finality feel to it. I kind of get the vibe that this is more of an epilogue. Yeah, kind of a thing after the the credits, kind of like showing what happened to the character in ten years or whatever but I really, really like the song. I love the strings and the synths and everything about the intro in it. That just kind of like gives me the vibe of floating away into the sky and just the vibe of everything on this. There's some like very staccato string plucks that come in. Very nice touch. The chorus has some really cool sounds and just, I think this is the pinnacle of the album for me musically. I agree. Like, I think this is probably this or love is greed. I've got to be my favorite, but I feel like this one has more of an emotional reaction for me, I guess. But yeah, yeah so I guess I, yeah, I mean, it's a super emotional song. <laughs> yeah, I, I wrote my first note on the lyrics is, God damn, this is a heavy way to end an album. Yeah. Uh, I mean, granted, like the, the rest of the album has been heavy and that is talking about struggling with alcoholism and bipolar disorder and, and all of his struggles. But like this, this tops it in yeah. the worst way. And that, like, he's, at least what I got from it, which I'm assuming is the only interpretation, is that he's talking about uh, an attempt at suicide and kind of him feeling like that's the best place for him is to die because he just can't fathom that living is worth the pressure and the anxiety and all the negative emotions and he just wants to be done with it. Yeah, this song is about his actual suicide attempt and... Like he, where he says Gabriel in the second verse, I guess at the end of it, mm-hmm. uh, he has talked in interviews about having a hallucination. Like he took too much med, like too much of his meds, and I mean just cut, cut his, himself, up. cut himself in in the, in a tub, and yeah. he saw an image of Gabriel, an angel like coming towards him and that's kind of like his moment. And then I guess he was talked out of it or something, but he ended up taking like walking himself to a hospital and was kind of just like covered in blood passing out. And this song is kind of about 
I guess that moment where he's he saw the other side, perhaps. Yeah, like he saw the other side, or he found like whatever was said to him in this hallucination convinced him to stay and gave him some sort of purpose. I guess, like yeah. he found a place where he belongs. Like that's like he found a place where he needs to be in life, and it gave him the strength to keep on going. That's a much more optimistic uh, interpretation than what I had. Where where the place where he belonged, he thought was dead. (laughs) Yeah. Don't fucking kill yourself. We say this so often, so often in fact that I I have the number. If you're thinking of killing yourself or harming yourself, the national suicide prevention lifeline, give them a call. It's 1-800-273-8255. I'm going to start trying to use that number as much as possible whenever we're talking about suicide because it's fucked don't kill yourself yeah please please don't because passion i don't pit, care who you are or what you're dealing with don't do it yeah passion pits made much more music since then and we wouldn't be graced with that not not to t- yeah, flip this in a selfish that's... way but <laughs> like think what you can do think there's never a point where you can't go on yeah, you living your bounce life bounce back from your lowest to to get to a better place you can't exactly. just keep living in, in the lowest and uh yeah like better like, alternatives than killing yourself because like getting help yeah like nothing can get better i guess if you just end it it's true but you're you're ending your life on the lowest possible note which is sucky yeah you deserve greatness greatness and you know what else we deserve to know what jeremy either thought of this album or what he picked <laughs> next week <laughs> i mean i feel like my thoughts on this album overall are pretty yeah. clear it's not really my thing yet maybe and you it hate it too. i don't hate it it's just not my genre i think it's kind of out of my wheelhouse and out of my comfort zone which is fine because that's kind of the point of this podcast is to get exposure to things that we don't normally have exposure to but next week uh i've picked an ep and it's just kind of a short little hopefully it'll be a shorter episode than this one and the one prior where we talked for an hour and a half about jesus jesus <laughs> but the it's uh the year of the rat ep by soft cult i don't have my notes up so i was making sure that i didn't get it wrong but yeah year of the rat soft cult it's it's something that i found this year and i was like i really like the sound i think joey might like the sound so Ooh. we're gonna put it on the list and i put it on the list and now we're now we're doing it it's as simple as that it has nothing to do with passion pit yeah at least not intentionally well i'll find whatever through line (laughs) i'll make sure that's that's gonna be my goal is to to connect everything now yeah you're gonna be like that that one uh the one picture of charlie from it's always sunny in philadelphia where pepe sylvia pepe sylvia yeah exactly (laughs) i've not seen that show so you need to because it's good i like it so (laughs) that's that's another wreck we're gonna squeeze in here at the end it's always sunny go watch it (laughs) (laughs) leave us some comments of how you feel about it's always sunny in philadelphia and also this album from passion pit uh or if you're having negative thoughts and you want someone to talk to leave us comments leave us send us a direct message and we'll try to be as responsive as possible because slide in our dms yeah take that shit seriously uh and again yeah. the, the number for suicide prevention lifeline 1-800-273-8255 stay alive stay in our feedback loop. bye but see you next week though